Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. This is episode 42, and hope everybody had a great week. Um, I had a pretty good week. had a pretty adventurous couple of days. Um, so I was a little, I was a little, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know if the word shady or I, I can't remember what the, what the best word is, but um, I kind of set, you know, basically alluded to the fact that I was going to be taking a trip um, this weekend and the podcast was going to be uh, could could potentially be a bit delayed. Um, so here's here's where I went. So if you are a longtime listener of this podcast, you know that in its original incarnation, um, I also did a lot of wrestling talk in the podcast, um, and I ended up dropping that. Ended up really kind of doubling down on the sports uh, due to you know kind of what my listeners wanted. Um, but I'm still a wrestling fan. And two podcasts that I listen to that are wrestling related are um, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff and My World with Jeff Jarrett. And they're all part of this, you know, ad-free shows um, kind of empire. And it is WrestleMania weekend and WrestleMania is in Dallas. And they um, they decided to put on a show kind of in conjunction because you're going to have a lot of wrestling fans in the Dallas area this weekend. And so they decided to put a, a kind of a meet and greet show uh, panel in Dallas. It was at Gillies in Dallas. In addition to Eric Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett, um, you had Jeff Hardy um, and William Regal were at this event. And then they had a couple of surprises as well. They had the, you know the Road Dog, Jesse James, and they had Nick Gage. I'm not you know I'm not a fan of Nick Gage. I really am not a big fan of that type of wrestling. Um, and then, uh, you know, I even saw Ric Flair there, which I'd met Ric Flair before, but that was kind of cool. So that's where I was. It was last night at Gillies. Um, and, uh, basically it's all basically it was in downtown Dallas. I mean, literally the reunion tower was just like down the street for me. Um, great event. Um, got to, got to get my picture made with, with all those guys, got to meet them. I even got to tell Conrad about this podcast. So it was, that was cool. Um, and you know, I had a fun time with the panel, but I'm glad to be back in my part of Texas. Uh, <laughs> I cannot imagine having to drive on I-35 every day. Um, it's ugh, I the traffic is terrible. I just <laughs> so it was it, you know it was a fun little it was a nice little fun trip. Um, you know I kind of it's kind of my personal birthday present to myself. My birthday's coming up uh, in a few weeks. Um, you know if you want gift ideas direct message at the Chris Carp show. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but you know, it was, and, and, and it was, you know, I, I needed a little bit of a kind of a mental health day on Friday from, you know, students. <laughs> um, but you know, so it was a nice little, it was a nice little trip, nice little break to kind of start April off the weather, weather was really nice. Um, but that's where I've been. Um, by the way, I may be dropping a bonus episode here um after this after this records um of like wrestlemania predictions so possibly tune into that i I had thought about doing it last night but i you know i didn't get back to my hotel till about it was like 10 it was almost 11 by the time i got back and i was like i was done so um i will i may record a, a bonus episode give it a listen give this one a listen too and then you know continue to tell 
you know, people you know about the Chris Carpenter show, the audience is growing and, and I really appreciate that. And, um, I'm working on some cool potential kind of new things for this show. And I'll, I'll give you, I'll kind of give you the news once, once, um, all that kind of gets, uh, I get, get to working on it. So we've got a lot to talk about. We've got obviously tech basketball news continues. We're going to talk about the tech baseball series thus far. I'm laughing because it, well, Kansas, Probably don't want to talk about it. Um, give you kind of my final four thoughts. I'm also going to give you my my coaching hires grades for college basketball. We've, uh, I think the coaching carousel is about to stop unless there's some sort of weird thing that goes down next couple couple of days. I don't think it will. And then we will take listener questions. And then I've got my Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So, tech basketball, obviously the, the big news this week has been transfer portal stuff. Um, you know, Shannon is is officially in the portal. McCuller is, he's declared for the draft, and so he's going to test the NBA waters. Um, we also, uh, Agbo has decided to enter the transfer portal as well. Um, those are the the pieces at this point um, as far as tech tech players we have not heard anything um, from O'Banner, and O'Banner does have eligibility left. Um, that's going to be one to um, kind of uh, keep watch of. Um, as far as the other players, you know, I think you could potentially see a, a Nadolny or Malik Allen enter the portal. Um, I think everyone else will end up staying. And I say that now, and, you know, someone else will enter the portal that I haven't talked about. So um, what is Tex basketball team going to look like going into next year let me first talk about the the transfer transfer portal people that are in um and talk about is there potential for them coming back um i don't think agbo comes back uh i think agbo is going to go to a another program probably a mid-major program and he'll do well there i mean he's he's a very talented player it's just very hard uh, for him to get minutes um, the way that this team is currently constructed. And I think with whoever you bring in, whether it be um, transfer portal people, which Tech will bring in a, a few trans- transfer portal people, um, plus your your freshmen that are coming in, the minutes, the potential minutes for Agbo are probably going to be uh, pretty small. So I don't see him coming back. This is where it gets a little interesting with uh, Shannon and McCuller because there's been all sorts of different discussions and thoughts there. There is a lot of whisper in the wind that Shannon has a higher chance of coming back than people thought. Here's what I think. Um, first of all, you know, the timing of Shannon, the of fans finding finding out Shannon entering the transfer portal, not good. And it's not that's not his fault. Um, it leaked out from John Rothstein, and you know that was unfortunate. And, and and I think Shannon's getting wrong blowback for that. Having said that, there has been a lot of you know, Shannon's not been. There's been a lot of vitriol by by Tech fans this year. I think towards Shannon uh, more so than even McCuller. Um, McCuller's had his share, fair share of it. Well, he had the idiot fan that you know, send him death threats, which I, I have not heard if they've arrested that guy yet. I hope they find him soon. And if they have arrested him, I hope, you know, they need to tell us because 
that guy needs to be shamed everywhere for being that dumb and stupid to do that. But having getting back to Shannon, I just think it makes a lot of sense. This season did not go the way I think Shannon intended it to, and it wasn't his fault. You know, the the injury issues were rough. I think the I think there has been a segment of Tech fans that have been extremely unfair towards uh, Shannon. I would I want him to come back. I think he's a huge asset for this team, but I'm leaning me personally, Chris Carpenter. I'm leaning more towards him not coming back and maybe seeking a fresh start somewhere else. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope I'm wrong. Um, I did say last year, um, you know, before Shannon announced he was coming back, that oh yeah, I, he'll stay in the NBA draft. So I was wrong before about Shannon. I hope I'm wrong again, but my gut tells me that he might be seeking a fresh start. And like I said last week about Shannon, if he's played his last game as a Red Raider, I wish him well. He did great things here, and I, I wish I wish it would have gone better, and a lot of it was not necessarily in his control. I mean, he... He lost one season, you know, when Tech was going to be in the NCAA tournament because of COVID. And then you had the beard nonsense stuff last year. Um, and then you had, his, you know, you had his injury issues that, that he had to deal with as well. So I'm leaning towards Shannon probably not coming back. McCuller, this one's an interesting one because I don't, I don't think he's going to get graded real high on the draft and that's not a the shot at his ability but what the NBA looks for in players versus what McCuller the skills that McCuller has I just don't think the NBA is real high on on great defensive players and kind of the you know he reminds me a lot of like the Manu Ginobili Bruce Bowen like he would he would fit in really well with those early you know those 2000 Spurs teams so I think McCuller is going to return to college. Now it becomes a matter of it. Does he decide that his, he can be spotlighted better at another university than tech or does he come back to tech? And I, th- I, I personally, this is again, Chris Carpenter's gut. I think he will go. I th- I think he comes back to tech. Um, I think he's the one that will come back now. The other shoes that need to drop is is O'Banner. Does O'Banner choose to come back, or does he choose to go play? I don't think he's gonna, you know, put his name in the draft. Um, does he choose to play overseas? That that one's gonna be interesting, and I, I really don't have a f- gut feeling on either or. Um, but I'd love to have I'd love to have O'Banner back, you know, for another year. So hopefully he comes back, but. We'll, we'll kind of see what happens. So as far as players potentially that Tech could be getting out of the portal, um, they're gonna, uh, they have been meeting with a player from Utah Valley. We'll see what happens with that. There's also a player from East Carolina that potentially they could be getting. Those are the two big ones I've heard. I'm a bit surprised that uh, Nigel Pack from K- K-State, that there's not been a lot of whispers wind in the wire talking about him uh tech contacting him because i think he would be a 
a really good asset to have um, at Tech next year. And, you know, going from one Big 12 school to another, that's huge because then that gives the, you know, that, that, um, that player has been exposed to the physical play, physical defense that's played in the Big 12. So I'd like for Tech to maybe visit with Nigel Pack, but we'll see what happens. Um, Tech also lost an assistant coach this week, Talvin Hester. He um, is going to Louisiana Tech. So we've got a little bit of a La Tech, Texas Tech pipeline going on. They they were the, you know, Louisiana Tech also hired Sonny Cumbie back earlier this year. So wish uh, wish uh, Coach Hester the best. You know, he grew up great, uh, definitely part of what the great run we've had this year. And, you know, Louisiana Tech, uh, I think, got themselves a good one and, you know, I, I root for Sonny Cumbie as well. I think he, you know, I think he's going to do really well there. So um, that's that's kind of where we're at right now with basketball. We'll see, you know, who ends up being who uh, Mark Adams ends up hiring as an assistant coach. Plus, we'll see uh, player-wise um, who could be going into the portal, coming out of the portal. I think all of that's going to continue to be a fluid situation next couple of weeks. So. Um, by the way, yesterday was a big anniversary for Texas Tech. <laughs> it, it was the anniversary of the uh, Chris Beard departure. And thank you, Coach Beard. Uh, I'm not going to call you Country Club right now because I want to I wanna give some gratitude towards you. Thank you for leaving. We are better off with Coach Adams and have fun at UT. And by the way, I, I, I had a, someone tell me that they think I – I did, I hate UT more than I like other teams. That's really not true. I do like to make fun of them, and I will continue to make fun of them. I I also make fun of other schools. I've made fun of Oklahoma on this podcast. I've made fun of A&M on this podcast, Oklahoma State. I think I've made fun of TCU and Houston too. So, I I if you're not a if you're not tech, I'm probably going to make fun of you if it uh if I can. So, Anyway, that's really all I want to say about UT, by the way. So, bloop. So, let's talk about Tech Baseball. They they were able to clinch the series last week against UT. Um, they won two out of three. Huge series opening win, uh, conference opening win. Um, you know, you're in a pretty good position, and you followed it up with you won two games in the midweek against Stephen F. Austin, which I watched the, I watched the game on Tuesday, and ooh, that's Stephen F. Austin team. They are not. They were not very good. They, they you know, oh, those were those were some rough games. And then they followed up with uh, Kansas this weekend. They've now taken two out of three. They won. They won today's game twenty eight to, to two. So, whew. Kansas. You know, I've been thinking about this too with Kansas. I kind of feel sorry for their fan base. So, see, I'm going to make fun of them now. I feel sorry for their fan base because. Beyond basketball, and, and believe me, I mean, they their basketball program, I mean, it's it's a blue blood. It's probably, you know, it's top five in the nation consistently. But if you're a Kansas fan, what else do you have as far as athletics? Football, they're awful. Baseball, apparently they're awful. I mean, what what other athletic sport is Kansas good at none <laughs> I mean they did make the tournament this year in women's 
So I guess basketball they're good, but everything else, ooh. You know, and I and I've taken, you know, I've I've t- probably taken some shots at tech football. Well, not probably. I have. I've said some things about tech football, you know, in this on this podcast. But you know, tech football versus Kansas football, tech <laughs> heck of a lot better program. And just look at the programs at tech. You know, you've got basketball, you've got, you know, baseball's flying high, track and field doing well. You know, volleyball is has really rebuilt themselves. Tennis, golf, you know, softball, I think even better than in Kansas. I feel for you, Kansas fans. Enjoy, enjoy the final four, and we'll get to that in a minute. Enjoy it because once Kansas basketball season over is over, what are you watching in Lawrence, Kansas? That's my question. So so speaking of the Final Four, it is currently going on right now. It's 26 to 13. Now uh, make that 28 to 13. Kansas. Kansas came out on fire. Uh, you know, Villanova's gonna have a tough time. You know, they lost one of their players. Uh, I think he tore his ACL. It was pretty, pretty brutal, brutal injury. And so they're they're short, they're short staffed. Villanova's an extremely talented team and you know, very well coached with Jay Wright and you know they've they've been on this final four stage before so who knows what can happen but you know Kansas looking good early and good news you know with them scoring 28 they have matched the amount of runs that Tech scored today against their baseball team so you know kudos to them on that you know so but it's looking Kansas and I I think before this game started I was leaning Kansas winning this, and then we've got Duke, North Carolina tonight, which should be a fun game. I'm leaning, I'm leaning Duke on this, and I'm leaning Duke to win it all. I think it's just it, the, the storybook ending's going to happen, and I'm I'm fine with that. You know that makes Tech look good. Um, it what will really make Tech look good is if Duke just you know basically cruises these next two games and wins fairly easily and then you've got another situation like in 2018 where tech basically played the eventual national champion the closest so that's kind of where i'm leaning on on the final four is is uh duke's probably going to win and then you know coach k goes out with with a national championship and you know i've 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 made a little bit of fun of the coach k you know hype all all season long and I, I got a lot of respect for him. You know, he is a great coach. And, I, you know, I remember those early Duke teams with Christian Leitner, Bobby Hurley. I still I still maintain that the that 90, 91, 92, that, that, that first back-to-back, or the, well, the back-to-back that Duke had with Leitner, Hurley, Grant Hill, that might be one of the best college basketball teams I've ever seen. I, I would put them up against any of these others that they've talked about, you know, the last, you know, 30 years, just a, the, the extremely talented team. So we'll see what happens. I think it'll be interesting to see, but uh, should be, hopefully we'll get some good games out of it. Right now it's 33-16 Kansas. So this game kind of getting out of hand for Villanova. So, all right. I want to talk a little bit about the coaching hires and kind of give my thoughts on, the good, the bad, and there's not really a lot of ugly. There's just more of a lot of uh, question mark, I guess, would be the better term for it. And I will say this about the coaching hires. 
I don't see a complete home run coaching hire this go around. I think you've got some hires that I think are pretty solid hires. There's not a lot of, you know, ugly hires where I'm like, why would they, excuse me, why would they do that? Um, so I think the, the coaching hires in the SEC, I think the, the San Francisco coach going to Florida, I think that's going to be a pretty solid hire. Florida has done very well at hiring basketball coaches, you know, last 20, 25 years. There were a lot of Florida fans not happy with Mike White. I don't understand. And he's, you know, he's taking you to sweet 16s. And I think they've been in the elite eight with Mike White as well. Um, you know, but I think it was, I guess the, I guess the, the, the chatter was getting so much that, you know, Mike White decided to go to Georgia, which that surprise, that one's a surprise to me because, you know, the Georgia basketball program, from what I've been able to gather, they don't pour the finances into Georgia basketball like they do, obviously, the football program and even the baseball program, you know. So if if they if the athletic department is willing to spend the money and they've got a guy that's now familiar with the region, you know, Tom Crean wasn't. I think, you know, Georgia can can have some solid basketball teams. You know, they've they've been good in the past. You know, the last time they were good was with Jim Herrick and that was all, you know, apparently cheating. But they've been good. They've been good in the past and you know, you've got Atlanta right there and, you know, if you can get that Atlanta to Athens pipeline going, you can get I think some solid recruits. So that one's going to be one to, I think, to keep an eye on. You know, some of the other hires in the SEC and SEC, you know, they did a lot of house cleaning this year. You know, South Carolina firing Frank Martin. That was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Martin's going to go to UMass, which I think is a good hire for UMass. UMass has not been really a solid, solid program since Calipari was there, you know, way back, you know, in the mid, early to mid 90s. You know, so South Carolina, they hired, I think it was the Cleveland State coach. Again, we'll see what happens. You know, some of these mid-major going to major conference, sometimes these work out really well. Bill Self, obviously an example of that. Sometimes they don't. And, you know, you've got, it just it just depends, you know. And SEC basketball is kind of turning itself into more SEC football where, you know, you've got to, You've got to be, you know, eight, 20 win program or you're going to get fired within a couple years. And interesting to, to watch that happen. But also, I don't know how good that is, is for the game, you know, when you're doing that and you have this constant co- uh, coaching turnover. You know, LSU, uh, obviously, they had to hire a new coach. And, you know, Will Wade, it was just, it was only a matter of time because, you know, he, he was crooked, I think. Well, not that I think. It's it's clear he's been crooked. He was caught on tape, you know, doing things he wasn't supposed to. They, um, So LSU co- goes out and they hire Matt McMahon at Murray State. I think another one will kind of wait and see what happens. You know, Murray State, you had Steve Prohm uh, go from Murray State to Iowa State. Didn't really work out very well. But you've also had, you know, what's happened with the other, other uh, you know, coaches for Murray State I think they hired who did they hire I I think one of the Murray State coaches went somewhere 
Might have been Maryland, you know. Might have been where Turgeon, Mark Turgeon came from. No, he came from Wichita State. I can't remember, but um, we'll see. That that should be interesting Interesting to see as well. Another one I'm intrigued to see, Chris Jans uh, goes to Miss, Mississippi State. You know, Chris Jans, very solid coach at New Mexico State last few years. I think he'll have success at Mississippi State. You know, I was listening to, you know, the local sports talk in El Paso, El Paso Las Cruces, and, you know, this guy called in and was kind of acted like Mississippi State's the worst, historically the worst basketball program ever, blah, blah, blah. They've had success. You know, they went to a Final Four in 1996. And, you know, Ben Hallen, um, I was surprised he couldn't get them turned around. I thought that, they, that he could. But, I, you know, I think you can have success at Mississippi State that you've had before in the past. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, the other the other hires I kind of will look at, the, you know, NMSU, of course, then New Mexico State had to replace their coach. They hired Steve Heyer, which was on the Greg Marshall staff with Chris Jans. I think a pretty good hire for New Mexico State. Um, you know, this guy had had success at the junior college level. So I think a pretty solid hire on New Mexico State's part. And then Kansas State hires Jerome Tang to be their new head coach. Interesting to see what happens. You know, Jerome Tang has been with uh, Scott Drew since the beginning at Baylor and, you know, possibly could be a little bit of a Joey McGuire, you know, situation. He's never been a head coach. You know, Kansas State's uh, another program. I think you can recruit pretty solid guys. You've had, you know, Bruce Weber led them to a conference title. You know, they shared the title with Tech in uh, 2019. So I think you you definitely could – uh, hopefully, I hope they don't turn it around against Tech. That's you know, so I'm good with them not turning it around, at least against Tech. Now against Texas, other schools, win all you want there, Kansas State. But that that'll be an intriguing um, one to watch and see how how he ends up doing in uh, at Kansas State. I think as far as other coaching hires, uh, you know, ACC. I mean, other than the John Shire one. I don't think John Shire is going to do very well, by the way. I think that's – it's – I don't – you don't want to be the guy that follows the, the guy, and I think that's going to be a little rough, you know, with with him. I don't think there's any other hires in the ACC. Oh, Maryland. Yeah, Maryland hired uh, Seton Hall's coach, Kevin Willard. Uh, pretty solid. He's, he did pretty well at Seton Hall. You know, Maryland is another interesting one. You know, Gary Williams had that going for such a long time, and then he retires, and, you know, Mark Turgeon just never could get it going. And, you know, he's another one. You know, why why stay? Why not stay at A&M? You know, you had, he had a pretty good thing going after Gillespie left at A&M, and I don't know. By the way, Maryland, it just it doesn't feel right for them to be in the Big Ten, too. They, you know, but that's a whole other spiel. And then Seton Hall, they hired St. Peter's uh, coach, Shaheem Holloway, who was a former player. I think that's a pretty good hire, and he, you know, pretty good, pretty good run that those St. Peter's Peacocks went on. So uh, overall, I think that was a good hire. Um, Butler just fired their coach, that so that's one of the openings that's that's still left. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. You know, Butler has had a lot of success, hasn't in the last few years. But certainly, that's that's a that's I think that's a pretty good basketball job to go to. Um, Pac twelve did they 
don't think they fired any coaches or there's not going to be replacing any coaches as far as I know. So, um, and then, yeah, Big 12, Big 10. I don't think there's any new coaches coming in the Big 10. So that's that's kind of the coaching hires um, so far. So we'll see what happens. You know, one win the Big 12. As far as coaches on the hot seat next year in the Big 12, I don't think there's going to be any potential ones on the hot seat. You know, I think, I think you know, it's going to be interesting to see when does Bob Huggins choose to retire? Is that going to be happening within the next couple of years? Congratulations to him, by the way, getting into the Naismith Hall of Fame. You know, I give him a hard time, you know, about the stool and Huggy Bear dancing in the locker room. But, you know, I do have respect for him. You know, he's a great coach. Um, has done a lot. It's And I don't like having to play his teams because they're they're pretty physical. You know, they're press Virginia. And you go to Morgantown and it's, I mean, it's a, it's a knife fight out there when you have to play. So, but congratulations to him. And also congratulations to Tim Hardaway. He finally gets in. I remember watching him back in the day at the – it wasn't even the Haskins Center at the time. It was the Special Events Center at UTEP. So real happy for him as well. And I, I don't know the other ones that got in. Those were the two that I, I, I knew got in. But congratulations to everybody that got in, by the way. So um, that's it as far as sports news this week, sports thoughts. We're going to go ahead and take our break, and then I'll come back with some listener questions. And welcome back to the Chris Carpenter Show. It's now time for listener questions. Again, the best way to ask listener questions is to follow the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is at the C Carp Show. That's at the C Carp Show. And I will usually post a few hours before I record. And you just reply to that tweet, send in your questions. And like I said, uh, most of the time I will read most listener questions. So let's get to the this week's questions. All right, here we go. Now that this is from this is Betty from Choctaw. Now that Big Twelve play has started, and we know a little more about this team, what would you consider a successful season for this Tech baseball team? So. I think this is a very good baseball team. Yes, they've they've had a lot of inferior opponents they've beaten so far, but that Texas series win extremely, extremely impressive. I mean, Texas is a top five program. I hate I hate to say that, but they really are. And you know, they've beaten Mississippi State early in the year. I think they have the pieces to go on another Omaha run. The the question marks are going to be pitching. They've got Birdsall. Birdsall's solid. Andrew Morris has been pretty solid the last couple of weeks. They've, you know, it's going to be up in the air. Who's the third guy? Is it Hampton, Girton? You know, Andrew Devine started midweek this week. I don't know. That's going to be interesting to kind of see come together. Uh, Trendon Parrish as a relief pitcher. He had a bad, bad uh, weekend last weekend, but he's he's had some good solid outings as well. I think success looks like going to Omaha, and I know it's extremely difficult to get to Omaha, and Tech fans have been spoiled, and I'll say this, if Tech doesn't get to Omaha, it's not going to be like, oh, you know, Tadlock, he's overstayed his welcome, blah, 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 you know, all this sort of stuff. 
I was extremely disappointed last year when they lost to the Super Regional because I, I think certainly they had the talent to go to Omaha. They just, I mean, they ran into a buzzsaw called, called Stanford. And you never know, they could do that. That could happen again in the Super Regionals. Happened five years ago in the Regionals against Sam Houston State. But to me, successful season would be going back to Omaha. Again, the big question is going to be the pitching because, you know, I think you've got two uh, – Birdsall's your, your your ace. He's your number one. Andrew Morris has, has done pretty strong last couple weeks. Let's continue that trend. After that, that's when it gets a little dicey, questionable. You know, we've got good pitchers. They're talented. But can they can they consistently put it together is going to be – um, the main question mark. But to me, yeah, successful season would be going to Omaha um, for sure. And I think this team has the pieces to do that. They just they have to continue winning to get themselves that uh, national seed, um, one of the top eight seeds. And it's going to have to be winning um, in the Big 12 because their non-conference schedule is not very strong this year. They're, they're the last real strong non-conference opponent they have left is Grand Canyon, and at that point, after that, you know, you just got a lot of cupcakes. You just got to sweep through them, and I mean, after the Stephen F. Austin series this week, their their RPI dropped. So it, that just tells you that this is this is a weak non conference schedule this year, and a lot of that's a lot of that's not Tim Tadlock's fault. It's hard to get te- get good teams to come play in Lubbock. They don't want to because, quite frankly, they know more likely than not, they're going to lose. So, you know, you end up with having to bring in who you can bring in or, you know, Tadlock is willing to play teams on neutral sites. He's done that with Mississippi State, you know, going to Iowa this year. You thought that might give you some good um, RPI. I don't think Iowa's that good this year. You know, you played in that opening non-conference tournament, you know, playing Arizona, Auburn, Michigan. So I think they try – their best to schedule better, but it's just, it's hard to get teams to want to willingly come to Lubbock. And that's a shame, but is what it is. You just got to get, get it done in the big 12. So good question from Betty from Choctaw. We've got Tom from Yovalde. Fans are more excited for tech football than they've been since Cliff got hired. How do you think the fan base fan base will respond if we miss another bowl this season? The recruiting will take several years to impact what's happening on the field. And I do agree with that sentiment. You know, the the recruiting classes are continuing to go up. But with football, you it takes a few years for that recruiting to come to fruition. Uh, it's not like basketball where you have a top recruiting class and then they're going to make an impact immediately. And I think, you know, I think there is a chance that Tech could uh, take a step back this year and miss a bowl game. Um, you know, hope, hopefully Tech fans can grasp with that reality, and I think a lot of them will. I think what's going to help Joey McGuire is everything he's done in this offseason and since he's been hired, and I think he's built up a lot of goodwill in the fan base. Will fans be frustrated? Yes, but I think – you know, if if let's say they go four and eight, um, which could be a possibility. You know, you look at their non-conference schedule; it's no slouch. 
You know, they got Murray State. That should be a win. But Houston vastly improved. I think what helps Tech with that game is they've got to come to uh, the Jones. You've Then Tech's got to go to NC State. And a lot of the uh, preseason rankings I've seen thus far with NC State, they've, they're putting them top 10, 10 in, as in improved teams. And so that's going to be a pretty uh, stiff challenge. And then, you know, it's the Big 12, and, you know, every week's going to be a challenge except against Kansas. Um, so, yeah, you could potentially see this Tech team go 4-8. and eight. I don't – I think I, my gut right now, and I'm, and this is not my official prediction. I will make the official prediction here, uh, you know, when we get to August. But, I, you know, I, I, think, I think Tech probably does enough to go 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five and get themselves in another bowl game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's – it's it's going to be a tough schedule next year and and you know I think Tech's Tech it, and a bunch of other of Big Twelve teams are kind of all in that little clump of uh, you know middle middle pack to bottom and you know can can you win some of those games can you finally beat Kansas State that's a huge one I think what I think you beat West Virginia I think you beat Kansas. Uh, TCU's another one. Uh, there's big question mark. Are they going to be better than they've been? Iowa State, you got that thrilling win over them, and now you got to go to Ames where you've struggled. But Iowa State, I think, is going to have a little bit of a fall off year. You get, you do get Texas here and Oklahoma. Can you beat Texas? I think you can. Um, you know, I thought they could last year. Then they, I mean. <laughs> Texas beat them seven to nothing, but you know Texas has had their struggles. Um, is could that be a potentially winnable game? You, you know, Oklahoma State. How good are they going to be? So anyway, back to the question. I think I don't think you'll see the level of vitriol towards Joey McGuire if they have a four and eight season this year that you had with Matt Wells in his first season. You know, the I don't want to rehash a lot of the Matt Wells stuff, but you know the hire wasn't greeted with a lot of enthusiasm from fans and it just in you know early on you know there was a lot of fans against Matt Wells i don't see that as much with Joey Maguire i think Joey Maguire has been very strategic going out in the community really showing the enthusiasm for for being here i think fans will be willing to forgive him more um, if they go four and eight in their first season, or if they don't make it to a bowl game, so we'll see. I, like I said, I I do think there's potential for Tech to take a step back because you you've lost a lot of your quality players. You know, one of the things Wells did with these grad transfers is that basically you're having to replace a lot of that on this team. So we'll see what happens. But I think Tech fans will give um, Joey McGuire a lot longer leash than they gave Matt Wells because of what McGuire has done in the offseason. So, good question. All right, we've got Dana from Euless, home of the Euless Trinity Trojans. How would you rank the head coaches for the four major sports at Texas Tech today? So, uh, we're talking men's and women's basketball, baseball, and then football. Um, So, I would say number one is Tim Tadlock. He's four world four college world series two big 12 is two or two or three big 12 championships can't argue against that you know um he's definitely number one 
I would say number two is Mark Adams. First year here, Sweet 16, and certainly the fact that Mark Adams was on the staff and was, I think, a lot more instrumental than we realized uh, with those runs to the national championship game, Elite Eight. I would put him at number two. I would put Krista Gerlich at number three. I know that her first two seasons have been rough, but she's she had to come in. She came in, I think it was in September, August, either late August, early September of 2020, and she came into a real toxic situation. If You don't know what the situation with that Marlene Stallings, I'll call her a bozo because she was one, and I could probably use stronger words, but she was terrible. Um, coming into that toxic situation, it's going to take a few years to rebuild that. And it's it's a shame um, because, you know, you know, Vivian Gray, extremely talented player, She's not going to get to reap the benefits of, you know, what I think Krista Gerlich is building. But, you know, Krista Gerlich's bringing in quality players. She's bringing in this real quality uh, player out of uh, Groover, uh, the state. She was state player of the year in in, in girls basketball for her uh, division. Um, she's bringing in a transfer from the University of Texas. You know, I think she is building something uh, pretty strong. Um, it's just, it's, it's a work in progress and they were so close this year in multiple games and it just, they just couldn't, couldn't get themselves over the hump. But I mean, she still, she beat Texas at Texas. She beat Kansas state at Kansas state. You know, she had some good wins this year. Just, you know, a couple close calls, close losses. It's just, you know, she's got to get over that hump. And, um, I think she will do that. I think that was a really good hire to bring her in, um, you know, she's got to, got to give her a few years, you know, she's, she's, it, it's obviously not the same thing because Billy Gillespie didn't do what, uh, Marlene Stallings did, but I think the, the women's basketball team, the Lady Raiders, very similar situation to what Tubby Smith walked into. And it took, you know, Tubby, I think a good solid three years to build this team up and, and get them into the, you know, NCAA tournament. And I think that's where Krista Gerlich's at right now. We're going to be really, it's year two because she came in so late in that first year um, for her next year. But I, you know, I, I think they're going to have a, I think they'll have improvement next year. Do they make the NCAA tournament next year? I don't know. I, not ready to say that, but I think there's going to be uh, you'll you'll see noticeable improvement next year, and then I would put McGuire at the bottom just because he hasn't coached yet. I still think solid hire. The recruiting has been great, and now it's just got to be can we can we translate that to on the field? But I, I like I said, I, the things I, I, that McGuire's done so far, I've really liked getting back into recruiting in Texas, really building up this idea of that the premier high school or the premier university to go to in Texas, if you're a high, a Texas high school football player is Texas tech. I think that's going to, you know, we're going to reap the benefits of that. And if you look at the recruiting class for next year, we already are. Um, but that, you know, again, it's going to take a couple of years to get, get that built in. And so, don't be surprised if Tech takes a little bit of a step back next year, you know, and I'm prepared for it. Hope it doesn't happen, but, you know, I am, I'm prepared for that uh, being a, poten a potential uh, thing that happens. So good question. All right, next question. 
We've got a few more questions. We've got Frank Frank from Grand Prairie. Are the Cowboys expecting to make the playoffs again this season, or are they in a mini rebuild right now? Well, the Cowboys are a mess. But here, here's I guess if you're a Cowboys fan, here's the good news: the other three teams in the NFC East may be a bigger mess. It's going to come down to Eagles or Cowboys next year. Um, whoever gets in will lay a big fat egg in the first round. I don't think the Cowboys are in a mini rebuild. I don't think they know what they're doing, but they haven't known what they've been doing the last 26 years. So what else is new? So I don't see them in a re- mini rebuild. They're certainly going to have a chance at the playoffs next year. I would probably say they probably do make the playoffs because I think Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts with the Eagles, but we'll see. They could melt. They could melt down at the beginning of the year and, McCarthy's gone, and who knows what happens next. It's it's the soap opera called the Dallas Cowboys. So, But we got pretty artwork and pretty seats, but no chance at a Super Bowl. Good question. <laughs> Allowed me to be sarcastic about the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Uh, all right, Omar from Paradise. How much sleep are you losing now that Will Smith had to resign from the Academy? None. Uh, yeah, that whole thing. It was funny, I think, on Sunday, and then it just uh, and then to see the aftermath. But I'm honestly tired of it. Even though it's the most entertaining entertaining thing to happen in the Oscars since forever. But no, it's I'm not losing any sleep. I'm about, I'm I'm over the Will Smith slap talk. I really am. It's 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 played out. It's it's played its course out. So, and I get it. The joke was kind of tacky. But you can't go up and slap somebody in the face. So, not losing any sleep. All right. Meg from Nacogdoches, home of the Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks. What movie are you most looking forward to for the rest of 2022? Uh, The Top Gun movie. I've been looking forward to that since 2020. And I'm hoping it comes out. But yeah, definitely the Top Gun movie. That looks really, really good. So... All right, one last question, and it is Albert from Bart- Bartlesville. Actually, we got two more. Sorry. Albert from Bartlesville, which U.S. president would have made the best WWE wrestler? Oh, Andrew Jackson. I mean, that dude was fighting all the time. You know, King Jackson, Boo Jackson. If, you've, if you're in my eighth grade class, you know, Boo Jackson. Um, that's how we remember that unit. But, no, I would say Andrew Jackson. He would be, yeah. He'd be interesting. I always say, you know, if it can you imagine if Andrew Jackson had a Twitter? Whoo! That would be CNN would go into conniption fits over that one. So definitely Andrew Jackson. All right, one more question. We've got Aaron from Fort Collins, home of the Colorado State Rams. And if you have to give up movies, TV, or internet for a full year, which do you give up and why? So I was thinking about this, and I w- at first I was leaning towards TV, but then I thought that probably means that I can't watch sports. So that's out. I got to have the internet. You know, we use it for everything. Banking. Oh, excuse me. We use it for banking, ordering stuff. Uh, GPS, email. So I can't give up the internet. It's, it'd probably be movies. And that would be a little rough because that's kind of my, you know, my happy place. You know, when I've had a bad week or just a rough week, I get to go sit in the theater and just 
veg and decompress. It's great. Um, so I would say it would have to be movies. So, all right. Good questions this week. And again, follow the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter show. It is at the C carp show and send me questions. We're going to take a break and then we will be back with the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And welcome back to the Chris Carpenter show. It's now time for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And this week's tip deals with friendship. Don't be a one-sided friend, meaning don't make your friend put in all the work to build the friendship and keep the friendship alive. Um, Friendship is a two-way street. And find ways to bless your friends. You know, even just randomly checking up on them. That's a nice thing to do. Or writing them a note, telling them how much you appreciate them. Those are always good things to do. You know, friends are an important part of life. And don't, don't, uh, don't abuse them, I guess, is the best thing to say. Um, but that is my Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And this, this is the end of this week's podcast. I hope everybody has a great week. I will record next Saturday at some point. I'll have to look and see. I know Tech plays Kansas State next week, so we'll see kind of it's probably similar schedule, so it'll probably be a little bit in the afternoon, evening hours, um, the podcast. But I look forward to uh, talking to you all again. I am going to probably jump on and do a quick bonus Chris Carpenter Show episode dealing with WrestleMania predictions. Give that a listen. Even if you don't like wrestling, you know, it'll be entertaining, I promise you. But... Until then, I will see you next week on The Chris Carpenter Show.